Hey y'all, Board Game Rants here where you'll find everything solo tabletop gaming and more. And here is the week in gaming. It's June 28th, 2020. Thank you for joining me here. I'm going to go over what I've been playing. I've had a, a very busy week in gaming, actually. Played more Core Space. That game is, is really headed for a top 10 spot in solo gaming for me this year. Played through uh, Scenario 6 and then 7, but then put it away. Not because I don't plan on bringing it back out, but because I wanted to make room for a game that I knew was coming and that I've been looking forward to because I just wanted to play a, a good Euro by a good designer and I hadn't purchased a game from this designer in a long time, Noosefjord. And so it came and I popped it right open. I'd already watched a video or two on it and wanted to get out, wanted, wanted to play it. A lot of people have been saying it plays snappy, it plays quick, it's, it's a great solo game. It's been out for a couple years, so I was able to get a good deal on it, which is another reason why I picked it up. And I wanted to kind of, I don't know, I was just curious, wanted to confirm all that. Also, it made in the top 100 list for One Player Guild. They're on uh, Board Game Geek, and so they've been, been kind of eyeballing for a while anyway but as i'd mentioned before yui rosenberg who's the designer of the game many games of course agricola is what put damn near gaming on the map for you know serious heavy gaming for for what i can recall if i go back in time kind of pre you know in the 2000s that was kind of the, the one of the bigger games that that came out was Agricola. It was heavy. There was nothing like it. And it had a solo mode. And I remember picking it up back, <laughs> get a little nostalgic here. It was like 70 or 70 or 80 bucks. It was, and it was by far the most expensive game that I'd, I, well, let's see, was it by far? I, I, I feel like it was, I, I remember like, that's so expensive. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm paying that much for this game. But it was heavy. I remember picking up the box. I was like, what a heavy game. And it, it was solo. One of the very first that really had like set on the box. You can play this solo. I was so excited. And, and again, that game, well, it's, it's legend now. And, but uh, since then, all the other games are, are you know, there's, I kind of stopped buying games. I got Feast for Odin. I got Patchwork. I got, you know, all these games. I have so many. Uh, let me see here. Lahav. Um, Gates of Loyang. I'm just kind of looking over there at my, my pile right now. I don't know. And there's others that I'm missing. And Aura and Labora. Uh, these games, it was Caverna, there was, okay, so anyway, they, but they all started getting very samey for me, and they all just, it was just kind of, they weren't, they were different, but they weren't different enough, and I kind of was just left with like, okay, another version of this game, and so I kind of stopped buying them, and uh, Fields of Arl, well, that's another one, I actually purchased the expansion for Fields of Arl, before opening it, played Fields of Arl, and then took the expansion back and traded it in, because I was like, ah, this is just like, you know, no, this is just, it wasn't exciting enough. So anyway, bringing this all back to Newsfjord, there was there was something about Newsfjord that people were saying it plays very quick. So this was a lighter game, but it looked, you know, very much just like uh, kind of all those other games. Did I like it or not? Okay, getting to that, I played this game already in, in one, was it two days, one or two days? I already played it six times. So it's safe to say that I like it. Is it different enough to have some staying power? I don't know. I'm still a little on the fence with that. What's cool is that the 
solo version has a lot of variation to it. So you can play it kind of on normal level. And then you can sort of flip this switch. You flip over, you know, the, the normal level is you, you play seven rounds and it's just kind of you go through this. Um, your trade, it's, it reminds me of Field of Arl, Fields of Arl in that way that you put out, uh, you know, one round you put out your markers and your worker placement stuff. Then the next round, those stay in place and you play with another color of worker placement markers. So you kind of block yourself and, and, and in that way. And so every other round, you're placing workers out there and you can't take up spots that you already have previously and then you get to take you know you go from blue to red to blue to red or whatever your colors and you're just kind of constantly placing workers and removing workers and then you're blocking yourself so you got to kind of play a little differently than than if you just had free reign and you always took your color your same color workers back every round and you got to just do the same thing all over again next round it adds so so that's important and and a very cool change in his designs in general that you can do that and that's definitely here in Newsfjord. the the normal way that you play is like that but then you can flip that over and and make it a little tougher and play play with three colors so now you've got three sets of of workers out there blocking spaces which is very cool and i i just i loved it and so I immediately started playing that way. And then also, then it has a way that you can kind of play this campaign, which when you play a game, there's uh, the variability is quite, quite generous because there's three deck, decks of cards. And in each of these decks, there's an A, a cards and B cards and C cards. Well, you, you start off with each game, you, you put out A cards and B cards to start with, and then your C cards are kind of your end game scoring opportunities. Those come out later in the rounds. But there's three decks of that. And in those decks, there's more than enough to like constantly churn each game, get a different set of A's and B's and C's out there. So it really mixes it up. But you can play this in a campaign where you take one deck and you basically get to see all the cards of that one deck played over three games, and you're trying to score at least 100 points. I tried that and totaled up my games, and I came to 91. And I was playing on the more difficult version, and I loved it. It was fun. It's it's fast. You play these games once once it's you know got everything set up. Now you, between games, it, it takes a minute to to change. You know, okay, maybe two minutes to change uh, change over everything. You just kind of grab all your stuff back, fiddle with the decks a little bit, get your your next set of cards out there to play the next game. The games are, are seven rounds. And, and you basically get three actions each round. And uh, I, I'm just, I think the thing that most impresses me about this game is how sophisticated it is and yet easy to learn. It's just testament to, I feel like, you know, if there's, it, I'm trying to say, that a designer like Yui Rosenberg is just so skilled at designing a game that he has made this game where you feel like well, there's all these different things and it's it's like if you're trying to describe this game okay yeah it's just you're trying to build up your fishing village but you know you've got to buy these boats and the boats and you get more fish but then when you get the fish you've got to distribute them between your your shares of you know like stock your shares and then you'll have issued shares and then you've got to you got to make sure you feed your elders and then whatever you can't have goes in your supplies and then but you know and then you want to get more elders but if you get an elder and you want it to work for you you have to feed it from the banquet table which you have to take an action to put fish on the banquet table so that that elder can 
you know, eat, and then it will activate. And, you know, and then you can, maybe you can build another belt. Maybe you can go build a building, but you got to make sure on your board that you got spaces available to build a building. Cause if you don't, maybe you have to chop down some forest so you can get some woods. You know, it can go on and on and on as I'm describing this game. It sounds like, you know, oh my gosh, that sounds so heavy, but it is not. And that is the magic of a skilled game designer. And I think Yui Rosenberg is is simply um, if, if if whether his games are samey or not, this guy is uh, off the charts as far as his ability to skillfully design a game. And this is I think the the one of the epitomes of that that I've seen in his games is um, uh, is in Newsfjord. So that that's probably where I'm most impressed is that. He's made this so accessible, but it's such you feel so sophisticated while you're playing it. And the decisions are so quick, but sophisticated, but it doesn't you can, you can get bogged down. But typically you start your game by looking at the cards you have, spending a couple minutes maybe to formulate a plan and then boom, you just execute the plan and um, go after buildings, go for your little combos, go for your little engines. And then it's done, you know, in seven rounds <laughs> and uh so yes, um, at this point, very impressed with Newsfjord from a solo uh, standpoint. But does it have staying power? I'm still not. I'm still on the fence there. Uh, what else have I been playing? Oh, so oh my goods, I kept playing that. That was a Alexander Fister game, and it was a, it's just a card game. Very cool, very resource production. And then you can get these chains going where once you get certain buildings out that have resources on them, then those can can combine to create these production chains to cr create even better resources that you know and and it has this cool uh well the base game you have to get the longsdale and result longsdale in revolt expansion to make it solo compatible but then there's another expansion past that that i picked up that i've been wanting to get after that had been unwrapped for months and so i finally just dug into this game to where i could get to those cards and see what it had and ultimately it has the uh the workers i don't know is it workers is that what they're called um well, anyway, it, it adds a very cool dynamic to uh, the the original base game to where you basically get rid of a certain set of very plain Jane workers and you put in these much more cool, involved workers that have lots of little abilities that can really manipulate the game. And uh, this game is, uh, is really top-notch. For a card game, for a solo card game, it is blisteringly difficult. I will put that out there. You're just not likely going to win. And you can play in these chapters, so it has a little campaign, which I've never really seen in, in so, so wonderfully done in a card game, this cool little way of playing solo where you get to actually feel this story. You can play chapter after chapter, but to go to the next chapter, you're supposed to fulfill, you're supposed to have these win conditions completed and you're just not gonna i mean i i finally kind of gave up i just wanted to enjoy the story and just win or lose i went to the next chapter which gives you some more cool cards that you add into your deck and, and in that way the deck and the variability of the things you can do and build and and your options increases as you go through the chapters it kind of unlocks new stuff almost legacy style but but not really but anyway uh but it's that cool and it's in a card game and it's so compact compatible or did I just want to say compact and com I don't know what I was trying to say that last word. Anyway, you can pack it up, take it with you anywhere, set it up. Doesn't take a, up a big bunch of table space. It's got a cool push your luck elements to it. 
uh, got got five more plays of Oh My Goods in there and, and got to experience that uh, expansion that I've been trying to get into. So I, I feel like, you know, put a little checkbox, you know, check that one off because uh, that's been just kind of nagging in my brain there. Too Many Bones. All right, let's get to it. Too Many Bones is, um, I simply can't play enough of that game. I don't know. I don't know how many more guys. I think I'm where I'm at, 17 plays, 18, I had it written down somewhere. Now, some of that is just playing Splice and Dice, which isn't really too many bones. The When you're playing the um, Nobulous Apprentice program, it's just sort of a card game. And But and I eventually do this battle. But again, and I mentioned before that I, I want to give that one more chance. I just want to try it again, you know, because again, it doesn't feel, it feels too far removed from too many bones, just the way I love Too Many Bones and, and how you you play Too Many Bones and its adventure thing. And this is a very se- totally separate game and it's just a card game and yeah, and it's just not, didn't, didn't appeal to me nearly as much as just using all of the stuff that's in the expansion of Splice and Dice, which is so much stuff, so many tyrants, five tyrants, is, you know, I always kind of remember the five or six, it's five. And now I just played... Uh, two of the tyrants you need to have undertow to be able to use, and so I busted out undertow, and just played with uh, with the the characters, the gearlocks that come with undertow, stanza and duster, and uh, stanza is oh, she's just so fun, but very kind of just complicated. I had to look up some FAQ stuff on her again. Duster is pretty straightforward. I'm playing the two of them, and I played against Leech, and I got slaughtered. I don't know if I was playing that right, but Leech came on the board, the tyrant at the end, with like 18 health. <laughs> And I was, oh, and I was playing against a character that was, was it Stout, I think it is, where you can't, the last hit point can't be removed from it until you hit the fatigue round. So I was, oh my, all my characters were kind of toast by the time Leech popped on the board. And it was not even a contest there at that point. If I hadn't gotten that Stout guy, maybe um, could have killed him sooner and gotten to leech quicker and maybe had a better chance but uh but anyway so i've I played all but one of the new tyrants so i still have one tyrant left and then i'll have, have pretty much experienced everything that splice and dice has to offer and then and then maybe i'll do a review on it i don't know i'm no i'm certainly going to talk about it in my uh, uh my, my my show here coming up here at the end of the month so um that is uh too many bones uh, again they can't get too many plays of too many bones it's that good and I love it. And I especially love the Build-A-Tyrant mode. I really do. The Build-A-Tyrant is so fun that you just, you, you don't know what tyrant you're going to fight. You get to, you kind of create it and you can do things to manipulate this big tyrant that you're going to fight at the end. And, and it's just a cool feeling to, to fight this thing that you've, you've seen develop. It's like, it's like your baby and now you have to go kill it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's too great. It's too good. What an awesome idea. Anyway. Um, oh yeah. Big surprise. I didn't even mention this. I kept forgetting. Mex versus minions i got this i picked this up um through uh from my uh, local game store and and uh, i was able to just donate and because it was a used game it was a game that people it's just accessible if you go to to my flgs for people to play and um but right now and for who knows how long that's not going to be an available option and so i asked the owner i was like hey you know can i what can i can i offer you something for this game and and she said yes and so i just uh uh anyway so i brought up I've got Mechs versus Minions, and I, I picked it up over a week ago, I think, and I was just kind of looking at it, learning it, and and uh, finally busted it out and got three plays in, all with my family. Didn't play this solo. I didn't really even get it for solo, but it's based on the video game League of Legends, if anybody's ever, you know, 
play video games. And so you've got these waves of minions essentially coming after you. And then you play, there's up to four characters you can play. And it plays, I think it plays really best with four characters. Um, so we tried it with three and it was cool, but you know, I got all four family members in on this one. One of uh, my, my nephew, you know, I used to have five here, but one, one, one's gone home. Um, so just four of us, but it's perfect. We played this game and uh, played it three times. Everybody seems to really enjoy it. Very easy to learn and it's cool. It kind of has a systematic way of, you know, there's first there's this intro scenario and you play that and then you go on to um, the, the first first wave, if you will, and the second, they're little missions. And each mission has an envelope that you can unlock. So it's very legacy styled and, and, and just fun because you just unlock more powers and, and you kind of get this beautiful reward at the end of a, at the end of a wave, if you're successful, that is. And, and they're very creative. Um, the way this game is played is, is basically like if you've ever played uh, Robo Rally, where you, you, you're going to have these you, you play these mechs that are on the board and you're going to find yourself getting cards. You'll draft these cards and then basically one each round and and you plug it into this one through six slot. It, it reminds me a little bit of Space Alert as well. Um, Vladish Fatel game, uh, but Robo Rally, where you where you plug in these cards and then you have to execute them in order, and you and each one kind of does something very simple, but all of them together, you know, you find yourself turning ninety degrees, facing who knows what. You have to do the action, <laughs> so you just kind of realize, oh crap, you know, there's I just ran into a wall or I just slid across this oil slick, didn't see that coming, but oh my gosh, I actually you know squished this minion while I was after him, and then you you're torching things and you're blowing things up and you're trying to move bombs around and you're trying to uh but it's but it's very easy because you start off um with just one card in your program and you execute it and so maybe you move forward one or two spaces that's it then the next round you put another card in and then and then it definitely gets more complicated as you're going in and things are going to hurt you which are going to mess with your whole schematic and and then you know uh, uh as you take damage there's going to be cards that, that you have to place or that are going to screw you up and you're going to have you rolling and moving in random directions or but there's ways to heal that are straightforward there's ways to you know repair yourself very cool game and very uh very family friendly game very high ranked game very expensive game <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I donated for this, but uh, but I mean, if you were to purchase it, it's a very expensive game. Um, um, but beautiful. Oh my God, this thing is gorgeous to look at on the table. And uh, I'm looking at it right now. We just kind of have it set up off of the side here uh, by our, our coffee table to just pop out again here when we want to go into uh, mission two. But um, anyway, that is Mechs versus Minions. Very, uh, very fun game, but I have not played it solo. Only Only played that multiplayer. Um, what else? So yeah, what's, what's coming down the pipeline? I think that's all like all just, that's all the games that I played. Um, Lisboa deluxe. I got, I don't remember where I saw it. I just happened to look in the right place at the wrong time and found this little ding and dent deal on it and got it for about a hundred bucks. The deluxe edition that's including shipping and tax. So that seemed like, you know, I mean, I, I doubt it's that beat up, but that's coming. That's from the game steward. That should be here on Wednesday. You know, uh, Vito Lacerda is just, um, again, you talk about awesome designers. That guy is, is an awesome designer. He makes heavy thematic Euro games and and I'm excited for this one. Lisboa, the, the solo version, I've heard some good and bad things. One is that it's just very programmed, very deliberate, or not deliberate, but very predictable. And I guess it's deliberate. And so, yeah, I mean, there's that. But 
The other thing is that my, my go-to guy from way back when, Rules for One, um, he does these rule, these solo play rules and he did them for Lisboa and, and to, to actually, I'm sure it's, it's going to be way more complicated to implement, but you know, that guy was sort of my David Turchy before David Turchy was my David Turchy <laughs> of solo gaming. You know, it's uh, now I stock David Turchy for the most part, but, um, I'm excited that I, that there is a solo play rule set that is available after I learn Lisboa, which looks like a very heavy game. And then maybe I play through the, the official solo variant a couple times just to kind of, you know, see and play it and get the feel for it that I have a solo play rule set to fall back on if I find that that's just too deterministic, too, too simple, as I've experienced and even commented on with uh, Vito Lacerda games is that the solo modes are always, are always a bit lacking. It's like, you know, it's just this beautiful game is put together. And then, you know, with whatever energy left is this solo <laughs> variants kind of, I wouldn't say it's tacked on, but it's still typically very simplistic compared to modern solo official variants coming out these days. So what else? So that's coming on Wednesday. I'm pretty excited to start looking at that. Just another game that I have that I have been got into yet. Cooper Island. That was one too. That's, uh, I'm, I'm looking for that capstone games. It, it's supposed to have shipped between, you know, by now I still haven't gotten anything saying that it has shipped. So I don't know what's going on with that, but, um, yeah, so I guess I'll just wait and see. And, uh, Cooper Island though, looks like a, another heavy, uh, Euro game and just kind of excited. It looks like it's got, well, it does come with an official solo variant where you play against Cooper, the dog that the island's named after. So, don't know too much about that one yet, but also don't know when I'm going to get it yet either. Anything else? So, oh, that's another thing. Yes, on uh, there's a deal going on right now on Steam uh, for, for uh, well, a bunch of games. But Gloomhaven is the one that caught my eye. I've been thinking about it. I've been wanting, because Gloomhaven now, you've got Jaws of the Lion coming out. It's all the rage. It's on the top of the hotness list on BoardGameGeek. And I'm very interested in getting that. But like most everyone else who's ever played Gloomhaven, I've not finished that. So... But I had been eyeballing because I heard it was a very good implementation on Steam, a uh, video game version of, of Gloomhaven. So it was on sale. It's 25% off. I think still even right now. I don't know how long the sale is, but you might want to check it out. So it was 25 bucks, and I got for like $18 and something cents plus tax. And, and so I picked it up. I started playing it on Steam, and it is. It is fantastic. I mean, it also it serves twice because I'm kind of wanting to get back into Gloomhaven because because of Jaws of the Lion, which I want to pick up eventually too. But it's a great way to relearn the game and relearn the rules as it, you go through the tutorial. Beautifully done and and just just a joy to play. Of course, it gets rid of everything. You don't have to shuffle any cards. You don't have to do anything. But oh, the, the tactile thing is, is what I love about board games too, or is one of the things that I love about board games. So of course, you don't have that element. It's all just click, click, push button stuff, which takes away from some of the magic. But with Gloomhaven, I always felt it was too much. It was too much to set up and too much to keep track of. And, and uh, anyway, so I played that uh, Gloomhaven on Steam quite a few, well, not quite a few times, just, I think I'm, I'm through the tutorial and I'm starting to adventure around the, the town now or just outside of the starting area. It's still at the very beginning, uh, but but I've been enjoying that. That's uh, Gloomhaven on Steam. And Ben Ibel and Jaws of the Lion. It's been nice to see the hotness list is lighting up a little bit. I felt like earlier this month and for a few weeks, I just, I'd look on the hotness list and it was just nothing there. It was just all old games and there'll like, be like one different one at the top, but 
it just seemed like nothing was really going or exciting there on the hotness list for for a while. It hit a little slump, and uh, but now it looks I'm seeing some titles on there that that look you know are saying 2020 or 2021. I mean everything I was seeing on there for earlier weeks was like oh this is 2016, 2018. <laughs> They're just all older good games, but it's just like there was nothing new on the hotness list. It was it was a, a weird slump, but. Maybe we're out of it. I'm going to check out that hotness because uh, I saw when I just looked to see where Jaws the Lion, of course, on top of the list, I saw a, a number of other newer titles. So looking forward to looking forward to checking that out and moving into the month of July. So that is it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want to learn more about Too Many Bones and the new expansion material, I do have some videos up on my YouTube channel. We'll be having that MVP video, Most Voraciously Played, coming out soon. But until next time, I do hope you and yours are staying safe, staying healthy. And until next time, I'm Board Game Rants, and I'm out! <laughs>